0: Hello and welcome back to episode 4 of Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection and I am so buzzing to be back here, I'm loving every moment of this, Um, we've been picked up, we've got some great press which is fab so far, Um, I'm just, I'm really enjoying the people I get to meet and I'm really enjoying the feedback to know that we are raising awareness. Last week I've had so many messages about Lisa and Ewan from Make Seconds Count and how much awareness they are raising about secondary breast cancer. A lot of people still don't know what it is. And we're raising more awareness this week and I promise you it is equally inspirational. I have Michaela Broadbent here who is the author of My Daddy is My Superhero and it's really on point with things with me at the moment because my book is coming out this week on amazon uh, available for pre-order i would really appreciate as many pre-orders as possible um mommy jojo uncut you can search for that on amazon this week we really understand i mean michaela and i we talk a lot about her story and how the process of writing works how the process of getting published works some really really good tips if you want to write a book but just her story is phenomenal and what she's been able to do i'm just blown away by this girl so i know you will be too and i know a lot of you that have tuned into my stories this week really want to hear more about this book and Michaela. so thanks for being here guys so here she is. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really pleased to be here.
0: Well, you've made me cry within uh, <laughs> five minutes of meeting you. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that why shortly. Um, but I'm just blown away, to be honest. And I think we were just saying, this is what I love, getting to meet people like you. And the first two chapters of my book, we speak about acceptance so when something Mm -hmm. really awful happens to you there's a period of i don't know just having to accept Mm -hmm. and and anger or fear or things so for you guys do you want to tell us what happened when it happened and how how the heck you tried to deal with it yeah
1: um so this all started back in 2009 um I was 23, Harry, my, my now husband, was 25, and he'd been having headaches and things, and he wasn't quite sure what was going on, but after a period of months of going to the GP and, and getting a scan, it turned out he did have a brain tumor, um, and he found out, like, he was on a sailing trip in Cornwall, and the consultant phoned him and said, you know, you've, you've just had your MRI results, and it's quite a large tumor, so we'd quite like to get you into surgery you know, this week, if we can do, um, and so we didn't really have a lot of time to think about it, you know, it was so quick, it happened so quickly, we were so young, we just went with it, we didn't even have time to think about it, you know, two days later, he was kind of getting the pre-op, you know, tests and things, um, so he
0: was 25, he was, 25. So young. he was so
1: young, and that's why I think when he was having headaches, and you know, even odd symptoms, they, they kind of thought, well, it's probably nothing, you know, it's probably, they thought maybe it would be panic attacks at first, because it kind of fit that, and then they thought, no, you probably do have epilepsy, it's probably nothing, some people just have epilepsy, and then it turned out to be kind of the worst fear, you know, you know, we didn't expect that, but that's what happened, and we didn't have a lot of time to think about it, so we just, we just ran with it, we did, you know, whatever they recommended is what we did, so we had surgery, um... And then you have to wait two weeks for the results of what the tumor actually is. Um, and it turned out, it the surgeon was hopeful it was going to be kind of low grade. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It was it was not the worst. It wasn't grade four, but it was grade three. So it was classed as high grade, which meant that he had to have radiotherapy. Okay. Um, and then that probably took us up to about October 2009, and then we just kind of carried on life as normal. We were told to just kind of get on with it, you know, yeah. that he'd still be scanned every six months to kind of check up on things. But go live your life. You're young. Go yeah. go go do it. You know, go on your holidays and and just recover. So we got engaged. We got married. Um, we had our first baby in London on our one year wedding anniversary. Oh, that was great work. <laughs> it was a good, you know, wedding anniversary gift. Um, and we kinda carried on like that until twenty fifteen and a sca- he had scans every six months and they kept coming back as stable, which was great. Yeah. But we were always told that at some point it would grow back, you know. So we, knew it would grow back. we knew that from the beginning. And we knew life expectancy from the beginning wasn't great. But you know, we that and that really pushed us to get married young, yeah. kinda have babies young, um, because I was quite determined that I still wanted to do it all. With him. Um yeah. I did, so, and I wanted to give it to him as well, you know, so we wanted to do it together. Oh, you're going to give me it. Oh. So, you know, that we just, you know, we did things on the younger side for, I think, our generation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2015, I just found out I was pregnant. I was about four weeks pregnant, and Harry went for his scam result, and it turned out it was growing again. Um, and that was a huge shock, you know, um, because... Although it's always at the back of your mind that, yeah, it can come back, and it probably will come back, every six months that goes by, we kind of thought, oh, you know, let's just carry on again as normal. We bought a house, and, you know, we were just kind of, like, in a way, forgetting about it sometimes, mm-hmm. Um But anyway, in 2015, they said, let's watch him wait and see how it goes, because his oncologist has known us for so long, and she knew I was pregnant, and she wanted to just kind of, like, look at the bigger picture of the family, Mm -hmm. and they felt we could wait, so we waited until after the birth for Harry to have his, his surgery, um... And then that time after that, he needed his chemotherapy as well. Um,
0: That's a lot. And how old was your
1: little one um, when, when Harry had the surgery, Alex, my second son, was three months. Okay. Yep. So he was young, but he wasn't, like, newborn, you know. I really wanted to get through birth with a birth partner yeah. <laughs> and to kind of have that newborn phase where I really didn't want Big Harry on, like, chemotherapy with a newborn and, yeah. you know, all the toxicity and things. So it, it was nice at least we could get through that. Um, and then Alex was a baby when he was having the chemotherapy, you know. Um, he was probably about 10 months old when Harry finished the chemotherapy at the end of 2016, um and now Harry continues to have scans every 6 months um he had one result in May which came back as stable so okay. so that's good that's given us 2 years of stable that's amazing stable so that's good so that's kind of the you know background story to it all it's been i think that's 9 years you know um coming up to 9 years in August um yeah what yeah
0: what a strong family <laughs> And so when did you decide to write a book because your book is just had me in floods of tears <laughs> it's absolutely stunning <laughs> Thank you. um if i'm <laughs> honest the reason i set up my blog initially it, it sort of started off as a parenting blog was because i had this paranoia that something was going to happen to me and i thought okay. if i get hit by a bus tomorrow yeah bonnie's got a piece of me
1: sure and yeah that's why
0: i started it right um and then when dad got really sick it turned to sort of obviously I still write about parenting stuff because yeah. I'm a mum, but yeah. um, it, it turned to sort of mental health and wellness I and, and I guess lifestyle to, to go together. But yeah, it, it really that was my incentive. Okay. So what what made you decide you wanted to... Mm. Did it start out as a blog first? Or no,
1: you, Um. so 2016, I, I say to people, was our survival mode, right? It was getting through the surgery. Harry had a really slow recovery from that surgery and then it was all about the chemotherapy and so 2016 I thought was survival didn't think about anything but just kind of you know making sure our two kids were okay and that we could get through the treatment and in 2017 I could kind of breathe a bit again yeah, yeah. you know I could kind of go okay what do we do now what do yeah. we do now and last summer in twenty six twenty seventeen 2017 I was just sitting one night watching tv and I thought huh and I, I had the phrase, my daddy is my superhero in my head, just oh, kind of randomly. Beautiful. And I thought, maybe I should write something with that, like with that phrase. Maybe I should do something with it. And I I, I wrote it on my phone, like in the memo section of my phone. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, even that night I wrote, you know, a few verses, sent it to a f- to a couple of friends who said, oh, that's really good, keep going. Yeah. And so I didn't really ever kind of sit down and think, I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. I just somehow found myself writing a poem on my phone oh, <laughs> until it was a poem. And then when it was done, I realized I could probably, this could probably translate quite nicely into a book uh-huh. for my kids, you know, yeah. and and I think other people out there might use it too, you oh know. Goodness, but yeah. it kind of evolved as I was doing it. It's never something I kind of thought I want to write. Ra- I'd always kind of thought it would be nice to write a book. Mm-hmm. But I thought I'd do it in my retired life, not, you know, now. So yeah, see, everyone's got a book in them. But yeah. to be honest,
0: I think what really pushes it is when life comes calling and yep. it gets tough. Yep. And, and then you think, you learn so much. And you grow so much mm-hmm. from a transition that you're not prepared for. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for depression to hit my family. Right. You weren't prepared for the tumour to hit your right. family. You know. People aren't, they're not prepared. Mm-hmm. And, and it's growth. Yep. You're going to change. They say, what well, is it that makes you stronger, the, the really hard times. Yeah. And it, you change. It changes you. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. you just kind of have to go with
1: it. Exactly.
0: That's it. It's inspiration, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and, and it's just, it's adapting and thinking, you know, someone said to my husband, how do you go to work, how do you get up and go to work every day? And he said, what am I, what am I supposed to do? You know, I, I want to kind of live as normal a life as possible. Yeah, you don't
0: want to write yourself off. This is it. It's that, that thing, this that is, I'm sick. Exactly.
1: And he doesn't want to be labeled as a patient. And for us, it's like, you know, you adapt, you kind of like, you know, work your, life around it but it's you know what people call like your new normal but for us that's been nine years now our yeah. new normal yeah. so it's just our normal you know yeah. it's not great but we're used to kind of learning to deal with it
0: yeah and you sort of go, yeah go on with it yeah exactly Oh my goodness. So you, were, so you were writing it that night. Was it like a
1: weekend or something? Were you um, relaxing? relaxing I, was, I was like in my bed watching TV, kind of just on my phone. And maybe Harry was putting the kids to bed or something. He does the bedtime. So, so. Um, and then just slow, because it was the summer holidays, I have both kids and, you know, maybe we'd go to the library or be pushing the buggy. Mm-hmm and another verse would pop in my head and I'd get out my phone and you know rather than text somebody I you know write a few more lines of a verse or something and 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 I kept it all on the memo section of my phone and even like little ideas like oh maybe I'll do something about a boat scene in the book or you know write little notes in there and then go back to make it into poetry later yeah. but the poetry was quite it was very easy to do as a kid I always kind of wrote poetry but yeah. Then, you know, you go to university and life gets in the way. You don't have time. But it's a natural, it's something I'm quite, it's a natural thing I can do if yeah. I just sit down and do it. Um, and so it just kind of evolved. And two of my friends kind of said, ooh, this is this is good, keep going. Because I didn't tell Harry I was doing it. I didn't tell my husband because I, I wasn't quite sure how he'd react to the kind of subject matter of it. And I yeah. wanted to show it to him when it was done. Yeah. I wanted to say like here's go go away and read this and tell me what you think, mm-hmm. rather than tell him oh I'm writing this poem about this, which I thought might upset him. I, I wanted to show him the whole thing. It's
0: it's hard, isn't it? We're back on. I just <laughs> realized that hubs. And we all know about hubs. The first time we recorded, he put the dryer on, and then he put the dishwasher on, and I was like, you know, sort of a little humming, in between our chat. But no, I think we'll just turn that off. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Yeah, because it's, it's tricky. Because I, I felt like that when I, I wrote a piece uh, when dad was really bad, and it okay. was a letter to what I would have thought dad would have said to me before he got depression. Okay. Um, and saying, Look, things are about to change for a bit, yep. but I still love you, don't blame yourself. Sort of all the yeah. mistakes I made. Okay. But obviously I can tell dad that. And it's quite raw as it, well. So you, yeah. you need to... He actually is a lot better now and he okay. tunes into the podcast. Yeah, hi, okay. hi Pop, We love you. I, um, but yeah, it's... I think you should never put a hold on that little bit of magic mm-hmm. that comes out of tough situations because mm-hmm. it shows how much you love someone. Exactly. It shows how much strength we have as humans. Mm-hmm. It shows like... You know, there's a lot of bad press out there, but humans and I'm learning this since I've launched this podcast, mean amazing. We're amazing. Yeah. Like what you have done yeah. is amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I want to read a little bit of this book that's just had me in floods of tears. <laughs> Do you have a favourite part? Because
1: I like the um, the 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 bedtime scene. Oh, um goodness. this is this one or that. I like this. Oh, this is those beautiful. are those are words that I really like.
0: Oh, he still reads to me at bedtime and tucks me in at night. He tells me words of wisdom. He's really rather bright. He's got the best advice, my dad, and knows just what to say if I'm sad or mad or frightened, no matter what time of day. It's just, it's just beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's just, yeah, everyone needs to, to know about this book. And so the process, you wrote the book, mm-hmm. and then who did you share it with first?
1: So I shared it with two girlfriends through, you know, WhatsApp chat, um, and they thought it was great, you know, and they said, you have to do something with this. And I said, okay, that, that's good, but I have to share it with my husband first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So I, I, I actually also just sent it to big harry my husband in a whatsapp text because he was at work and i had the kids over the summer holidays and i thought look he can he can take his time and read it you know if i send it it's easy it was already on my phone so i texted it to him Mm -hmm. and he texted me back and said oh you know that that brought a tear to my eye where'd you find that because he thought I'd found it on the internet, you know, oh, he thought it was goodness. like a poem I googled or something, oh. and I said, I wrote this, and I said, it's it's obviously about you and Harry, and he said, oh my goodness, I I, I can't believe you wrote that, he said, it's oh. beautiful, oh. so although it's emotional, like he said, you know, it brought a, a tear to his eye, oh. he could see the beauty in it straight away, that's you know, amazing. and that's good, because I, I was a bit nervous about sharing it with him, mm-hmm. because you know, it's talking about his illness and ultimately him not being here. Yes. And it's so sensitive. Yeah. Um, but he could see why I was doing it. And it's because I, I want to have a tool to explain it to my children exactly when we need it. You know, I don't want to be scrambling. I want to just have it as a tool. Yeah. Um, and then I spoke, you know, Harry and I chatted about it. And I decided that I should kind of go and try to find a publisher for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, That's a tricky process. It is. It's yeah, crazy. Did they see... Say- Someone had said to me initially, because I just said, oh, I'm going to get picked up straight away. That I mean, of course, look at that blog went semi-viral yeah. last weekend. That'll yeah. be fine. I'm a good writer. People tell me I'm a great writer. <laughs> It'll be fine. And, um, and then I sent it off to some, the first one. And then I didn't hear back. And I thought, yep. oh, how rude. <laughs> Um and and then it turns out someone has said oh a lot of the publishers will get five hundred emails a day and not right, even look at them right. you need to know someone or yeah. you hear all this stuff mm-hmm. and you think oh my goodness and someone else had picked up my my kind of blog and asked to see part of the book okay um when I was chatting at the Wellbeing Festival ah, okay and then they spoke to a London publisher and they said all oh, she would need was a hundred thousand followers or you know something like that right. and you just think. A lot of the publishers will approach... I've, I've met people that have gone viral and they've probably had a million hits on YouTube so wow. the publishers approach, approach them to write them. a book yep. even if they're not really that into writing. Yep. Um, and for me, I, I just love writing but as well when it's an experience that you're really moved. Mm. So... I mean I if I was a publisher I would snap people up. So what happened? What <laughs> so,
1: was it? it was kind of what you're saying, you know. I I sent it out, you know, I, I got one of those kind of writers guide books and went through, sent it to a bunch of agents, sent it to kind of the relevant publishers, you know, yeah. children's publishers. Yeah. I think I focused on Edinburgh. I think it was just Edinburgh based that I I thought I'd just focus on that first. Mm-hmm. And I heard nothing, and then I ended up just doing a Google, and this is published by North Staffordshire Press, which is a small independent um, publisher, mm-hmm. and I think I think three days after I would emailed it, mm-hmm. I had he was on the phone saying, you know, I'm here to talk to you about my daddy is my superhero poem, as he called it, because it was a poem, and you know, he Malcolm is the director of that um, publishing company, and. He kind of just, it, it kind of happened very quickly. You know, all in, it took 10 months, you know, from me submitting it to actually having the hard copy book. Uh-huh. But that includes all the artwork, which was, it, it took a long time to do that. So, yeah, really um, yeah as well. she did a great job. Yeah, I'm so pleased with the artwork. That's
0: lovely. Mm. It really jumps out. Yeah,
1: really. that's it. And so, you know, in, in, in Emily, um, she goes by Fox Hat, um, who illustrated it she was so open to whatever I wanted, you know, she said, I I just want to do, you know, you tell me what you want, and I'll go away and do it, so I gave her all these photos, and kind of ideas, and I kind of designed the spreads with descriptions, and then she took those descriptions, and and did it, you know, she sketched it out, and, and then we kind of tweaked things but it was a total collaboration so I had full control over everything for the whole for the whole book do you think it's
0: more that way with smaller publishers yeah. then because yeah. I hear I interviewed a guy when I was doing some work for five minutes with it's a website okay get five minutes with and he was saying you know he's had loads of books out he said oh I wouldn't go with a publisher nobody likes their publishers <laughs> self published. yeah um and I did consider self-publishing um, but uh, I, I I've had a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess if... It's hard to say because everyone's experience is different, but do you think if you went with one of the huge publishing houses that said, oh, we'll only work with someone that's had a million views yeah. or whatever... They would try and change, they would take away, yeah. strip it, I, and make I, it commercial? I,
1: I think so. And actually, I forgot something. Like, I did I did get one deal off of a bigger publisher, and mm-hmm. I had both in my hands. And I, thought, and I was talking to my friends, thinking, what do I do? Do I go with the big one oh, or the small one? Wow. And ultimately, what I decided to do was to go with the smaller one because we decided that most likely I'd have more control over it. And yeah. it would be more what I had first envisioned, which was this is supposed to be a tailor made book for my kids. Yes. And that's always what it was all about. Yeah. And I and I went with the small guy because I wanted it to stay true to what I was seeking to do in the first place, which was have that book for my kids. It wasn't it didn't need to go and be this be, huge yeah. thing. Yeah. I wanted this to be about my children being able to kind of recognize that that's their dad in the pictures, and and I wanted it to be quite true to us. So I went with the smaller guy. Um, yeah, he
0: just was totally. It felt like the collaboration the whole way. Yeah. He didn't try and force.
1: No, you know, I so had, had full control. control. Um, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a middle ground publisher because. You know, um, they release all the books to me and then I, I distribute them myself. So it's yeah. not like um, a publisher who holds on to all the books and does all the distribution. Yeah. So, there's there's um, a bit
0: more work to it.
1: There is more work to it, but then it, it's so much more personal. Like I can write a personalized note to people when they buy the book. And, that's lovely. you know. That's lovely. And that's what, for me, is what it's all about. It's, it's a personal book. It's, it doesn't need to be this, I'd rather write personal notes to people. And and know that you know when they buy it, they're buying it for me, and yeah. I'm giving it to them, and and so I've been doing that. I've been writing the notes in there, and I like that. I like that it's it's a total personal thing that you know. It's,
0: it's lovely, and and just to think as well how much of a difference you'll be making. And I always say that you know some people can get so caught up in statistics. Yeah. And, uh, you don't wanna take away from your values yeah. and and why you're doing yep. it. Now, that's not to say if you don't you know, you get a call and someone says, Oh, I'm a huge charity, and yep. I wanna buy like thousands and yeah. thousands of copies of great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. The more because when you really believe in what you do, you, yeah, you you're let's reach as many people exactly but as long as it's staying true to your values
1: and what you want to do that's it so exactly and now that I have the finished product like you know I have been I've been doing a lot of promotion you know just social media wise or I've been using the charities to help me promote the book but now that it's a finished product I'm quite happy to go you know and and get that kind of reach to the families that would want it or could use it you know I'm using the charities who work with bereaved families or families with you know serious illness they can make that reach to those people but it's nice that now it's with the finished products that I was able to have kind of it was our little baby you know we could really mold it into what I wanted the whole time yeah, yeah. so it was it was great it was a really good experience even though you know there were times when I thought, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. I, I doubted myself a lot, you know, during the publication process. Am I am I doing the right thing? Am I upsetting my husband? Should I be doing this now? Is it, is it too premature? And, you know, and I would go up and down. And my girlfriends would say, no, Michaela, it's fine. Like, remember why you're doing this. I
0: think if you're authentic and you're staying true and you're being real and raw, and that really comes across as beautiful obviously you're writing it for children yeah. so when I say raw I don't mean you know it's it's not uncensored like some of the parts I've written but it's not children's book <laughs> but yeah, but yeah I, I think if you're just oh, I I just find that magical really it's yeah. just and, and something yeah. that you want to shout about and you yeah really, you know you feel it uh-huh. you feel it but I, I think we all hear these voices you yeah. know as a writer or. You know, perhaps you're tuning in, and you have something else that you do, and you're really passionate about it, and your art, or, and I always say, you know, not everyone's gonna like certain things. and You have to stay true to what you want to yep. do. You know, I could see a fine piece of art. Someone walks in the room.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't get
0: that. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't get it, <laughs> and that's okay because beauty yeah. really isn't eye of the ball. Exactly. Um and for me that book is so up my street you know oh, instant tears you. And, and you and from Make Seconds Count you know you and Elisa were saying the oh, same yeah. it's just it, it, it just it moves you thank you it moves you <laughs> and it's, it's beautiful and even if you're not going through exactly what you guys are yeah. you know as a parent it moved me yeah um and yeah, I just I just think it's amazing. Aww. But yeah, you will always hear these voices. I yes. remember um someone I really respect. I won't say their name, but um, and I didn't think it would be the sort of person that would like my book. I was nervous about passing it okay. over. Just thought, oh, they're more they're very very academic. But I just thought maybe it was a bit fluffy or I don't know. But anyway, they
1: read it. And um, apparently cried for ten minutes at the end. Wow. Okay. And and I had a message saying, "Oh, this is going to be so inspirational for so
0: many." Mm -hmm. And I thought, "Wow, you doubt yourself." Yeah. And then sometimes the people that you think, "Oh, it might not be their cup of tea," you can get shocked. That's
1: that's it. In 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 exactly like people relate to things like from different angles. You know, like even with my book, you know, um, I've had some friends my age say. Look, I lost a parent at a young age. and so, as an adult, I want to read that book yes. to kind of help me through things that I still find upsetting, you know, yeah. or you know, you can use it for a grandparent who's passed. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. there's different ang- it's not necessarily just although it's called my Daddy is my superhero, like it can be it can be interpreted or explained or used yeah. in different ways. so Even yeah, this this is it, yeah. yeah, because the the main message from it is just um, you know, the memories that live on and in and, and that that was the message I wanted out of the book and you can apply it to different things. So yeah. yeah.
0: It's powerful when you think about memories and you know it's just it's hard. I, I've worked with people, um, from an awareness of grief perspective when okay. I was doing the marathon a couple of years ago and Okay. Some people would come to me in confidence so they were anonymous but they would chat to me about their feelings and then yep. I would put it into a piece of creative writing oh, right. and I remember a phenomenal person um, came to me and, and sort of shared the story of the, grie- the grieving process okay. and how they dealt with it and it was it was, it was a tricky situation mm. and it was just beautiful you know things like going around the supermarket didn't feel the same because yep. they kept you know, they wanted to put something in the basket. and You know, and, and people that were grieving, they really related and connected. Yeah. And thought, oh, it's not just me.
1: It, yes. You know, it's not yes. just me.
0: And it's, I just, I really think it's beautiful, like, to love someone so much and be so inspired and be moved. And something like a piece of art or writing or music, mm-hmm. Brings that bit of magic back.
1: Yes. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's like the creative process, you know, it's, yeah.
0: It's, uh, so have you always been creative?
1: I think so, but again, life kind of gets in the way, so Mm. I think I've always had a natural tendency for that, you know, as a kid I used to write, like, poetry and things, but, um, then life gets in the way doesn't it so (laughs) I think I've always you know writing has always been something I've enjoyed when I have the time to do it yeah Yeah. so mm -hmm. I think it was a natural and it was probably like in 2017 when I could kind of like I said I could kind of breathe again and just think like we're not in survival mode now what and I think it was probably a natural way to kind of have a bit of a, re- of, of a release or something you know yeah. like through writing uh-huh. to kind of channel my energy that way yeah. and um even this past year when I've been not writing it but preparing it for publication it's been you know it's it's, it's doing something good out of yeah. a really not good situation yeah. And that's, you know, my girlfriend said to me, remember, that's why you're doing it. Like, you're, you're trying to help others, yeah. help your kids, even help yourself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. by doing this. So, it's it's kind of channeling into something positive, you know. Yeah,
0: and it's amazing. And that's probably one of the biggest things for our mental health, you know. I've been studying this for years. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's, it's being able to care for others. Yeah. And in turn, that does help you, but it takes you away from your, your, your own head. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and all those thoughts and fears and worries, just being able to give back, and every now and then you you get a message that will blow you away, and you think this is why yes, I do it. this know? is it. This is yeah. yeah. This is and it, it hits you. It clicks. Yes, it was worth it. Exactly, it, it was worth it all. You know, and uh, and and people, uh, my message would be: don't be afraid to give feedback. You know, let someone know if you've you've read something beautiful or you've been helped. Tell them. Because <laughs> the amount of people I've met and they, you know, never commented or said anything about blogs and then you say, Oh, I love that piece you wrote. <laughs> I thought I had no idea we read that. because um, we all doubt.
1: We, we doubt ourselves. We, we, yeah, I we've agree. We all
0: got a, a gift. Um it could be music, it could be it could be you know, knitting. I speak to people that really struggle with depression and they find like knitting okay. for you know, kids or people that can yep. not afford clothing. And that's a beautiful thing to give back. Yes. They don't have to express, you know, their art for the world. They can still be very quiet yep. about it in mm-hmm. their own space, but know that they're helping and Exactly, they're a difference. That's massive mm-hmm. for mental health. Because for you, and when you've got two kids and you're a carer, I guess, yep. in ways, mm-hmm. it's tough for you you know, your mental health exactly. anxiety levels. Exactly. They call it scanxiety, I it, Exactly, yeah. I that
1: term, yeah, yeah, it seems to be, yeah. yeah. And especially, like, you know, Harry has scans every six months, so, you know, it's not as bad as, like, every three months, but you do, you get to that, you know, few weeks before, and you think, oh, gosh, what are they going to say? Or what do we do if it's, you know, we have to do surgery again? And, and you know, and and... It has been a nice focus this book for me um, to know that you know in a period of quiet in terms of treatments you know he hasn't had treatment, mm-hmm. that I was able to do this it it's it's helped kind of it's helped me channel you know some worries and um, I'm a planner you know I yeah. like I like to plan things yeah, me too. and it is comforting for me to know that although it is slightly premature that when I, I, when I need it, this book is there and I can use it for my kids. Because publishing, you know, it took 10 months. I wouldn't have wanted to start, you know, when we're told that his tumor is coming back because Mm -hmm. it might not be ready in time for when I would need it. So it was important to me that, you know, I did it. And my children have seen the illustrations they flip through. Harry knows Harry Jr, um is my older son. He knows it's about him and his dad, but he doesn't truly know what it's about. How old is he? He's 5. Okay, so um he's still a young he's age, young.
0: trying to get their head
1: around yeah. things. Yeah. It's, yeah. And he, I mean he knows and we've sat him down back when my husband had a second surgery and he knows his dad has a brain tumor um I just got my license recently to drive he Mm. knows that his dad can't drive because of his brain tumor he's he's aware that his dad has a brain tumor but we have not had to have that conversation yet that a brain tumor would eventually cause his dad to not be here Mm. um and it, it's I, I don't want to start that conversation until it's more imminent, yeah, and that's exactly. probably the next recurrence. But I just don't want to steal from my children this period of remission oh, because yeah. it will it it's will so
0: magical. It, it's so nice uh, to have that. And yeah, you, want you know, to cherish exactly. And, and and it's hard because I see oh you want to cherish every moment, but and and I sometimes think right people that are going through similar scenarios. Mm-hmm. It puts a lot into perspective. So if Scott and I are having a silly argument (laughs) over whatever, um, or the kids are doing my head in and it's the witching hour, and I'm going, "Get me out of this (laughs) house," and I think, "Oh, but if it were different, and I had a brain tumor, would I be acting this way? How do you make the moments count Mm -hmm. when there's still stresses of life, and you get frustrated?" Yeah.
1: It, it's hard because, you know, for instance, we can't really plan for the future very much. You know, my mom will ask me, I'm American and my family lives in the United States, and sometimes we're asked, oh, would you like to come over in, you know, six, ten months' time to the United States? And I say... I'd like to, but I'm, I'm not sure yet we need to wait until the scam results, you know. Yeah. We can't even plan sometimes a year in advance because yeah. I'm not quite sure, you know. Yeah. And sometimes people forget that, you know, yeah. because people like to cling to hope and like, like to cling to woolly's Well and everything's yeah. great. Yeah. And it is on the surface, but ultimately, like, I'm the one who kind of has to keep people grounded sometimes yeah. and, you know... We need to wait and see how it goes, yeah. um, and it's frustrating. But I think for us, I I love taking pictures. I I like going on days out, and we really we're very intentional about you know our weekends and, and doing things you know with the kids because yeah. for me, it's about the kids. You yeah. know, I Alex is my younger son, and he'll be three in September, and I think a real realistic goal is to get him to remember his dad that's yeah. my goal well, that's a beautiful... because it's it's grounded it's realistic and I I, I would love Alex to have really kind of crisp memories of his dad just like Harry had Harry's going to keep his memories you know yeah. he's going to remember yeah. but it's Alex and if we could just get Alex to remember then I feel like that's a good goal to have in mind yeah. you know um, and so it's about just making memories for the kids you know yeah. it's important that they, do that with your dad. So and
0: you sort of think back to your childhood and you think, right, what are the memories that are really vivid? Yeah. Yep. You know, beach days exactly or singing ex- ex- singing yes. music. Yes. And we're gonna do some of that yeah. soon. Um, and <laughs> um, I can't wait. Um I'm trying to think. Um and I, I think in photos as well, mm-hmm. it's like as you say, taking pictures yeah. it brings it back. Yeah. Um climbing and a lot of it or, or movies. Yep. Snuggles. Yeah. Kind of these really simple things, mm-hmm. but but that's life. These are the moments. Exactly. And we're always planning, and nobody knows. You know, we could the world could end tomorrow. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we need to remind yourself these little moments that we have throughout the day. Yeah. Those are the special. Yeah. You know we don't. Uh, Contentment, I I find that an interesting. I had a, a friend who follows my blog made me a key ring. Contentment is key because it reminds oh, us. Oh, nice. It's always bang on about contentment. Nice. key. <laughs> the grass isn't always greener, but it's that balance because if you had full contentment, you wouldn't have written that book. You need goals as well, yep. so it's the balance between setting goals mm-hmm. that excite you or challenge you mm-hmm. or creating something amazing but feeling content in yeah. the space you have as well Yeah. so I might not have achieved all my goals yet but I'm calm and that comes back to mindfulness doesn't yeah. it so I'm calm in this moment yep. I'm grateful I'm grateful for this day not all of it because <laughs> that's life you have moments in the day when Charlie's pulling at my legs <laughs> I'm howling for chocolate and I'm saying you're not getting any more I'm making you dinner, I'm going as fast as I can and a lot of people will know we sing through that and we call that the witching hour and uh, Scott hates that expression he hates the name of the witching hour but music I, I, put, I put a poll on Insta Stories last week and normally the polls are split but this one was could you imagine a world without music okay. Everyone said, yeah, no, No. we are all for music. Mm It was 100%. It was the first poll I've carried that had 100%. Music heals and it touches us. And it just, in those tough times, Mm -hmm. I find that turning it on Mm -hmm. is the most amazing tension buster. Yeah, And also, music is, it kind of transports us to people. So if you have songs that take you back to a day like uh, Shakin' Stevens will take me back to when my dad okay. and I, just, I don't I just remember him spinning me around the room. Right. and um oh, what's that how do build this do do down, don't build that, do. do you know that song do but anyway that reminds me of being like two or three yeah it is my dad spinning me around or yeah music just transports us back in time and it's it's magical you're right it's a magical thing um but yeah I just think it's amazing what you're doing um
1: it really is. Thank you. It's um, it's nice to kind of hear now that you know I, I hadn't shared the book with many people really? up until, you know, it was launched. So, yeah. it's nice to start to hear people's like thoughts on it now, yeah, you it know. Must be so proud. I'm I'm really happy, especially because it did have its ups and downs in terms of me doubting myself over yeah. what I was actually doing and it's good. It's helping people, you know. Well, it, will be. it it is helping people. I've had messages from people saying, you know, Uh, you know, my husband or my wife or, you know, there's. you can feel really isolated as a young family dealing with cancer because you can feel like when you go to the hospital that it doesn't affect young people, that you're the only young people there. And it can feel very isolating when you're in a hospital setting because it just seems like, it's not the case, but it can seem like it's a lot of older people. But since writing the book and putting the book out there, I've had messages from other young families and it's oddly comforting, you know? Like, yeah. I went out to the park with another woman and, you know, we watched our kids play together and we thought we should be friends. Yeah. Like, we should We're, be friends because we... We, we get we, each other. we get it, you know? Mm-hmm. In a way, I have great friends, but they're not dealing never. with the same things. We'll never fully understand. Yeah, yep.
0: um, And their heart will break for you in yeah. tough times. I'm yep. reading that book, you know, it's... It's hard, yep. but to actually have the support, someone that's going through yep. it right now mm-hmm. feels the way you feel. Yep, all these natural feelings. Yep, you can sort of bounce off each other. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you need
0: that. You all you need
1: that. D- exactly. So for me, it's shown me that a my book is helping people. That you know, it's it's getting into the right hands. You know, it's going into cancer centers in Scotland. It's it's sense. being used for you know different programs to t- kind of deal with loss, but it's also helped me because now i'm i'm hearing it makes me feel good knowing that I've, I've i'm helping other people but it's put me in touch with people who will help me back you know yeah. that we can support each other and you know we can we can understand each other in ways that you know I've, i haven't been in contact with other young families prior to the book you know i i just wow. haven't met them so wow. Um, it's it's a really it it's been a very positive thing yes, you know yes. in the midst of something that's not great you know yeah. um, it's been it's been fab so you know as a as as a as a means to kind of do some good out of something not not so good yeah, yeah.
0: and I mean there's so many opportunities you know you could go and do
1: talks yep. or yeah mm-hmm. you know, you have
0: a book and, and I think it takes a lot to write a book yeah right? it's <laughs> A lot of energy, yeah. a lot of time, a lot of emotion, um, a lot of oh, it's just I, I get you. My book is going on pre sale next okay. week. Okay, right, it's right. Feeling like I'm. <laughs> i with you. I know, what, but but what I say is fundamentally, it takes an experience and it's it's life changing because mm-hmm. everyone wants to write a book. Yeah. But you know, life just sort of happens, yeah. and it takes a moment to make you go whoa, right? Mm-hmm. To feel the sense of urgency yeah, to actually re- exactly. prioritize that, exactly, and now that it's out. Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, things the people you will meet, yeah, the
0: opportunities that will open up, mm-hmm. the people you'll inspire. It's just yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I bet there's a lot of people <laughs> going to start penning a book after <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> and uh, if you're trying to get published, look, we know how hard it is, um, and you know, in self-publishing, there's. I'm actually going to be doing a talk soon about that um, because I've heard a lot of great things about that yeah. too um, I think the world is changing mm-hmm. in books and mm-hmm. if people have got a talent do it yep. do it, if you love writing That's it. if you, oh just do it I think it's amazing, <laughs> more books more books and more books like this um so on that note I think we should have a, a little song. Okay. <laughs> What's your karaoke song and tell me why you've chosen this one? Okay,
1: so I chose Sweet Caroline because I'm I've I've lived in Scotland 13 years, but I'm American, I'm from Boston and um, growing up we would go to baseball games and this is the song at the baseball park you know this is this is the one where the entire stadium gets up oh. and everyone's singing and yeah and dancing and and it's a real kind of amazing positive vibe so and it feels really community and like even, not everyone's from Boston in the stadium, but everyone's just kind of into it together and it's a really cool thing. So that's why I chose this song because it is the Boston ballpark song. Oh, I love it. it takes
0: me back to living in America. I loved Boston. I loved baseball games. I loved the whole positive vibes. <laughs> People high-fiving you down the street. Yeah. Um, I always say we should be a little bit more American over here. Um, I just love it. I I want to go back soon. Actually, it inspired me. Gonna book a trip back to America. Right. Let's let's bring it up. Let's do it. Here she goes. Love this song, guys.
1: Sing along at home, guys. Where it began. Yes. I can't begin to know when, but then I know it's growing strong. I love that. <laughs> Was in the spring, and spring became the summer. Who'd have believed you come along? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touching hands,
2: reaching out, (laughs) touching me, touching you.
1: Sweet Caroline, bum bum bum, good times never seem so good. So good, so good. (laughs) Touching warm. Yeah. <laughs> Reaching out. <laughs> touching me. Touching you. Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Good times never seem so good. So good. So good. <laughs> I. of tune I don't
0: Sometimes I just want to kick her off the bum Down the road very far You sing it I don't, I don't know the words just
2: wait. I just made that up I really can't remember
0: Just go with it
2: Play your guitar
0: I'm not making up words. I don't know. I would if I could. That was just quite an impromptu moment.
2: Listen up, she'll give you